Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. You go first. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. And you can follow us on Patreon. And you can, you can join our Patreon for bonus episodes. We're going to do a Barbie one and we just spent 20 minutes talking about Barbie without recording it. So I can only imagine when we get drunk to talk about Barbie. I assume on pink wine. It's only appropriate. Naturally. It'll be amazing. Um, we do bonus episodes. We give you polls sometimes. Uh, one Christmas, I sent out a Christmas card. Maybe I'll do that this Christmas. Join our Patreon. It's fun. Yep. Great. This week, we are talking about Lovebirds, which I know nothing about, Allison, in terms of the stats. It came out in 2020. It holds a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by Michael Showalter and written by... Aaron Adams, Brendan Gall, and Martin Garrow. Carrie, who's Michael Showalter? I don't know. I meant to look that up because I was like, I know that name. Who is it? Michael Showalter is the writer and director of Wet Hot American Summer. They came together, which is relevant to this pod. Because that was our... I don't know. We did it as like a special episode once, maybe. I don't know. It's a, a it's very special movie. after school episode, yeah. Uh, he also uh, directed Kamel Nanjiani's other <clears throat> better rom-com the big sick gotcha this movie stars Kamal Nanjiani and Issa Rae and Anna Camp and that guy from the dog food commercials in Bachelorette and that's it I feel like everybody else I did not really recognize oh there's a comedian the woman who calls the cops on them at the beginning who's like I'm not I don't think they did this because they're a black and brown person, but that is like like that right. woman. <laughs> that scene was very funny. What's her? I have to look up her name because she has a stand up special that's very funny. Um, I feel like this is like filled. This is like a movie filled with stand ups. No, I don't mean the actual bird. I do mean the movie. And that's part of the reason is when you when you Google lovebirds, like a Wikipedia about a bird comes up first, and that's tough. Mm-hmm. That is tough. I feel yeah. This movie definitely Catherine got- Cohen. Her name's Catherine Cohen. She's a very good um Netflix special. Yes, that scene was very funny. Um, Allison, what's the premise of Lovebirds before we die? The premise of the is Lovebirds is like, what if date night was but for millennials? You know, Camille Nanjiani and uh Issa Rae are a couple. They are four years into their relationship and they've hit a rut and they are driving to a dinner party at a friend's and they break up. Or they're not driving. They're in. No, they are driving. Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of Lyft promo in this movie. So I get yes. confused. They're driving and they break up. And immediately after they break up, Kamal Nanjiani, who's driving the car, hits a guy on a bike and they get out of the car and they try to help him. And he's like, don't help me. You can't help me. He like tries to run away. And then a a man with a mustache comes up to them and is like, I'm a cop. That guy's a criminal. Let me drive your car right now. And they do because 100% that that, like, that's what you would do. And that guy tracks him down and then runs that man over several times. And they realize they are now unwittingly involved in some sort of high crime syndicate. Um. At which point the mustache man runs off, and I'm calling him mustache man because they're <laughs> them as mustache and bicycle for most, if not all, of the movie. And a young millennial couple happens upon them and is like, "Oh my god, you killed that guy!" And they're like, "We are gonna get this. Looks very bad for us. Like we look like we just killed this guy, and also we are a a brown man and a black woman, and so like no one's gonna listen to us." Um, and so they try and track 
down what's going on and track down the killer there is a i appreciated one that their story does sound ridiculous like they say the story out loud and they're like no one's gonna believe us and that i think it's helped by the fact that it's a black woman and a brown man so there's like a mistrust of going to the police several times throughout this movie i was like okay but now now is when you go to the police. like stop doing this on your own now is when you go to the police i appreciate all everything we've been given now is when you take that information to the nice detective yes who did end up being a kind detective, which I did write down. This movie is copaganda. Um, See, Ben pointed out, I think he's right. He w- What'd you say? I said, I'm only half serious. Ben pointed out, I think that it was like a fun conceit that the entire time you're like, the cops are going to be, this sort of movie sets up to be like, the cops are going to be bad. They're going to be like bumbling, shitty, blah, blah, blah. And a couple of them are. And you see like some, some like just like dumb cops throughout it. And there's a nice conceit that's like, oh no, she solved the crime and has only spoiler alert only been trying to track them down to make sure they're safe and get their statement like the entire movie was worthless because the nice good detective had already done all her work now then mustache guy turns out to actually be a bad cop who's like entrenched in it so they have to get themselves out of it anyway i don't know i felt like this wasn't copaganda i think like it was it was like no i mean that the woman the detective did her job and then also there was a bad cop and no one has ever they're never like one the the good detective is a black woman so it's like i think that helps the story and also it's like no one's ever denying them that their fears about going to the police are founded but also the joke of being like this crime was solved the whole time you guys didn't need to be running is funny is very funny um yeah, and I I mean when I say I'm only half serious, like it it's not it's not propaganda in the way that like a Dick Wolf show is, right? Um but Elliot Stabler is a bad cop who I'm Exactly. To. Yes. Um and I do think like for a rom com, it does a very nice job of like walking that line of like, okay, it's a rom com about this couple that thinks that they are involved in a murder. So like the police are obviously going to be involved at some point, but also like acknowledging that it's not always easy for black and brown people to just be like, oh, let's trust the police to have our best interests at heart here. So, you know, it did a nice job and it did it all with humor. Um, This movie, I feel like in our like spectrum of rom-com this fault fell more on the calm side than the rom side um i i will say it is about will this couple stay together or get back together i guess no yeah no i'm not denying that it is a rom-com i'm just saying that like the appeal of the movie is the calm more than the rom it was like let's get two funny people together to do funny shit yes as opposed to like let's convince you that these two people should be together forever you know oh, there's no there's no uh romantic chemistry between Camille Nanjiani and Issa Rae. They are both very funny. They have excellent chemistry, but like not not in a way that I believe that they wanted to rip each other's clothes off. When they you kiss know? at the end, I was like okay. Yeah. I'm watching Camille Nanjiani make out with Issa Rae and neither of them Yes. Neither of them love it. That's you know? part of the problem here is that like they're both very much doing their brand of comedy which works very well together um but because of that not at one point during this movie did i think like these two people are anyone other than Issa Rae and kumal nanjiani i did like during the like fun and games of it all like i believe them as the characters i just don't believe that they 
I like that they obviously end up together at the end. Yes. I just don't believe. And there's this whole bit of like the the opening scene fight is like she's mad at him because he says they wouldn't make it on Amazing Race, which is like the this movie came out in 2020, so it's not that old. But the last time I watched this, I was a single lady watching this as a partnered person. I was like, oh, Jesus, these fights are very real, including we got in an actual fight about whether we would make it on the amazing race because we watched this movie like that's And then the end conceit is they're on amazing race. Anyway, I like all of that. I buy. It's just like that whole first scene of them fighting was so well written so funny so well delivered between the two of them there was the amazing race fight then there was a fight about like whether or not they should be like scheduling in their sex and um she she says something about like it's not that hot to be like i will do it to you or no he says like just tell me what she like she's like our sex isn't interesting enough or something he's like i'll do whatever you want just i'm gonna do it at the designated time and he said like freaky sex and scheduling are not mutually exclusive just like perfect one-liner after perfect one-liner like then at the end when they're being when they're like being taken away in the ambulance to be checked out that they're okay they're like back of sex ambulance that's freaky like everything comes back to it's well written everything comes back together everything that's set up is paid off all of their their fights are not resolved in a nice way it's just like no these people are just going to because you don't like salt in a relationship you don't like solve an argument you just like decide to be with the person given all their flaws right right and these people then end up an amazing race and like they still have the same problems they're still the same people they're still different people you just know that they're like working through it and there is a very good line about how if the, the last scene is they are now on the amazing race and they're trying to win it and the narrator of amazing race is like after a heated argument over the metric system they're back on track and i lost my mind i thought that was hilarious hilarious also i did really appreciate that like like you said the sort of like solution of their relationship problems was not like one person was wrong or one person was right it was really like we've taken each other for granted Mm-hmm. And we sort of like lost sight of what we like about each other um, and lost sight of like our own projections onto the other person, um, which all felt very realistic and like true to life. And, and cause I, you know, when you do most of the time, when you have like those down times in relationships or those hard times in relationships, it's not that it's like, a particular thing it's that it's like you've just sort of like lost sight of each other as people which is ultimately kind of where they get to i feel like yeah like there's criti- he criticizes isa kamel nanjiani's character criticizes isa ray's character their names are she's leilani and he's gibran we're probably gonna keep referring to isa ray and kamel nanjiani but you get it um he criticizes her character because she's like too online she's like too posty yes and he criticizes her no and she criticizes him for being like too he doesn't he doesn't like plan to go out he's too scheduled he's too like by the and book he's like too self-serious he's too self-serious and at the end of that movie it's not like i don't get the idea that like they've at one point in the movie i was like she's gonna figure out that like it doesn't matter what you put online and he's gonna figure out that like you can be a little less structured and that was sort of there but really like that's who those two people are right those aren't like 
fatal flaws in people, right? Like those are very common things, common like personality attributes of people. They just like chose to keep loving each other anyway and work through it. And I think that was like a nice. I also really appreciated that the movie like never like made her concede her like onlineness. I feel like there's sort of this trend in like rom-coms and romance, like when you have a influencer character or like an Instagrammy character that like part of their growth is that they're like, oh, I don't want to be online as much as I am, or like, which is fine. I mean, I think that is a natural thing that like influencers go through as their career grows, but the the, it can often cross the line into like the point of view of the book or the movie or whatever it is and the other characters like looking down on that person for having that career or that interest well and um, as this becomes or a that legitimate career we'll look back on that stuff and be like yes. we made fun of that career that was held mostly by women for so long right yes um look i've posted one tiktok so i understand the plight of the influence of course naturally um there's also an influencer on look i'm guilty of it too there's an influencer on the new real houses of new york which jury's still out on maybe we'll do a whole patreon episode on my feelings about the new real houses of new york but i had the thought too that it was like oh god are we actually at the point where we like now have influencers like that's somehow wrong with her and i'm like i watched fucking nine seasons of sonia morgan do nothing but have a slew of interns and i want to be clear i would watch nine more Welcome to Crappy Lake is a undiscovered gem and I'm begging you all to watch it. But also like this woman is like a content creator. Like she's actually like a a New York socialite woman who's like being paid by brands to do this stuff. And you're right. Like it was nice that her online presence wasn't sort of degraded. Yeah. And her hobby was was like like... recluseness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They just... It's just sort of like we have this difference in approach. That is something you would have to figure out as a couple. I did think that her line about documentaries being reality television shows no one watches was hilarious. He, and he has a line, and people have said this to me. Here's the other thing, and I'm, I'm about to go, go on a rant about like the way, particularly men, although it's not exclusively men, and it's certainly not all men. Uh, hashtag in, not all men. Hashtag not all men in film and television talk about reality tv and talk about people mostly women who consume it and it's incredibly degrading um and when they bring up some is it even amazing race there's some reality show they're talking about and she's like you watch that show and like it and he's like it's more of a docuseries and i could not tell you how many times like when mythbusters mythbusters it's reality shows that are like aim towards men and then they'll they'll like they'll quantify it as not actually being a reality show and i think that like little line captured that phenomenon yes. perfectly yes because that like, whole sequence was really funny too this movie was funny i i kept screaming that myth was busted as they realized that her i kept saying like these this movie works because these two people are idiots and i say yes. that like if i was in this situation so would i ben kept being like that's not how you break glass this isn't safe blah, blah, blah. and i was like yeah these are dummies like these are just like normie dumb people who are living yes. a normie dumb life and are now caught in this like high crime world they have no idea like i appreciate Listen, that they're idiots and don't I know what they're doing love 
the subgenre of normal like joe schmoey kind of people caught up in some kind of like unknowingly caught up in a crime ring literally nothing brings me more joy because i love well, it as a like comedy subgenre. are stupid yes. and that's fun to watch it's also so realistic like if if i were out on a date and like with my partner and we accidentally hit a guy and then someone's yelling at us to give us the car and then like two people are recording us like bumbling through trying to explain that we didn't murder this guy like i feel i feel like uh, yeah like i'd be an idiot too yeah yeah i would not have break they also like accidentally end up at a sex call which is hilarious so this movie is just the plot of eyes wide shut and i was like explain more and he's like it's just about a couple who's like who's like sort of in a rut in their relationship and then they end up at a sex call and i was like i would have no way of corroborating that because i have never seen and will never see eyes wide shut but I had no idea. Apparently, this is just the plot of eyes. Apparently, this is just funny. And Ben was like, the scene when they're in the sex cult, he was like, it's shot like, like it's very intentionally, like shot like it in an homage to Eyes Wide Shut. And I was like, oh, interesting. Because never would have never would have caught that. But I'm happy that it was very Kubrick esque. And then I kicked him out of my house. He didn't say Kubrick esque. Naturally, did you make him put a dollar in the douche jar? Um. Also, Anna Camp. And the guy from the dog food commercials and also Bachelorette. Anna Camp's like Lady Macbeth crazy congresswoman wife energy was so good. I feel like more recently she's been in a lot of things where she's playing like sweet Southern Belle girl. And don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I like that Anna Camp, but I love crazy as fuck Anna Camp. Anna Camp with a pan of obviously very poorly done CGI of Greece. Now I'm going to give this movie some credit. They probably were in post in the height of the pandemic and so it is what it is but the CGI on the bacon grease she was threatening to pour on them was laughable. That being said, she acted it very well. She I this is the Anna Camp I love. Crazy like because it's who her pitch perfect character would be yes yes like her Um, pitch perfect character is a fucking monster who would pour bacon grease on someone if they didn't do what she said i thought she was charming in that like short-lived sitcom that she did but this is the anna camp i want i did say with i think i don't remember what it's called um perfect harmony um i did say i would torture people with a pan of bacon grease that seems effective what would you do? Highly. Bacon grease or horse? Horse has to be way less painful, right? I would go horse. When she was like, no, I'll take the bacon grease. I was like, ma'am, let's talk about this because. I do think the horse gets you right. You die, you know, like, but it's got to get you. Yes. Yeah. Do I but think the bacon that, grease, like, you're disfigured? Also, like, I, yes, it has to hurt like a motherfucker to get kicked by a horse. Undoubtedly. I'm not arguing that like, that's a thing I want to try, but. I've had second degree burns and I feel like grease burns are like 10 times worse. Like, uh-uh, no, I, no. Oh, I, so I had to sit with you at dance camp when you had those. No, grease burns would be like third or is there something higher than third? Grease burns Truly. worse you'd than be, what you have. You'd be like in a burn ward. Yeah, awful. No. But I had to sit with you when you spilled. So Carrie, we now have to tell the whole story. Carrie got pushed into a pool when we were preteens. Maybe we were 13. We were little. We were young. We were too, yeah. we were pure. Our faces we were, were. Junior, junior high Not a wrinkle, 
we had no cynicism. Carrie got pushed into a pool and bit through her bottom lip. That's why she has those beautiful never needs collagen lips now. Um, but then the the doctor was like, you had to get stitches. And the doctor was like, you have to eat soft foods for weeks. So then later that week we were at dance camp and Carrie was eating her like Easy Mac soup, that like Campbell's soup that they used to sell where you just like heat it up in the microwave. It, it's a horrible hazard and they should stop selling it. And she pulled it out of the microwave and spilled it all over her hands and got second degree burns. No, and it wasn't. Mas- it wasn't soup. I mean, yes, it was soup, but it was the soup where you like add water, like the ramen cup of noodles kind of thing, but like not. So it was like boiling water. I literally like poured, poured boiling water on my hand. We were in the bathroom at our dance camp, the name of which Carrie won't allow me to say. And our dance teacher, the name of whom Carrie won't allow me to say, <laughs> basically looked at you and was like, well, class is starting. And me, I just sat there and I was like, I think we're just going to sit in this bathroom while you run water over your hands until mom comes to take you to the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, that woman be should be. She can sue us all she wants. She should go to child abuse. She no, Allison. To be fair to her, like once she realized what was happening, she quickly pivoted. I don't think she realized like quite how bad it was until I was like, um, I think I need to go to a hospital. And I'm never going like, to be fair oh, okay. to a woman I once overheard telling a room full of six a six year old that they had to lose weight to fit into their dance costumes. No, that I'm not saying that like she was flawless. I'm just saying in this particular situation, she showed care and support and compassion. Okay, whatever. Anyway, Carrie got bad burns. Bacon grease would be worse. Bacon grease would be a hundred times worse. I would take the horse a thousand times. Uh, um yeah. There's a very funny scene where they're in like a fra- there's like these pictures there's pictures of the the bicycle guy i will say that the intricacies of the crime very loose not clear and important there's some about pictures it's like the bicycle guy has pictures of the sex call they were like blackmailing the members of the sex call they were, were all like very powerful people and he had like a group of essentially frat guys um similarly to and there's one frat guy that they're like Camille Nagiani and Issa Rae are very badly interrogating because again they're idiots um and it's another good like subversion thing of like she keeps calling when she calls him like your little Brett Kavanaugh and she like she calls him she keeps calling him a date rapist and it is like a group of fratty guys so it's funny but there's like no but then he's just sort of like sweet and at one point he's like I'm answering all your questions as best I can like he's trying so hard and then he gets murdered and she's like feel bad i call them a date rapist yes and also I do when think... they when they walk into this like frat house that my charmed kind of life is playing and oh god it's so good Maybe it's like the detail the production detail i was just like yes this this is the song that would be playing in this house uh-huh. it is similarly to the like we don't trust the cops because the cops are bumbling idiots and or racists but then like also they've had this solved the whole time Give it, it's sort of like here's like a group of frat guys so we immediately mistrust them because they know that the audience of this movie is a bunch of like liberal progressives and it's like no this guy's this guy's nice he didn't deserve to die he had a fit. poor little brett kavanaugh like, <laughs> there is a nice sort of like they know our expectation they know the expectation of the people watching yes. this movie and they're making all the characters like slightly more nuanced and slightly more interesting and slight like like yeah more human with the exception of the villain yes sure but he sucks yeah no no he's a very he's a very bad man he's a very bad police officer he tries to kill them they succeed she shoots him and then decides she's never gonna shoot anyone again and i think that's right 
Um, yeah. Uh, oh, going back to that scene in the beginning where the I you I've already forgotten her name, Catherine something, Catherine Cup, Catherine, Catherine Cohen. Um, she plays like a woman who's with her boyfriend or partner or whatever, and they like come across the murder scene and she's like calling it in and her whole phone call is like um it's an african-american woman not that like that's why we think she killed the guy i mean like she clearly killed the guy but like (laughs) it's not because of that and then like he also happens to be a person of color which is like that whole thing is very funny and then on the side her boyfriend is going live and is like guys i know i was gonna talk about like the latest like casual fashion but like it's been a day and like look at this dead body and then she's like are you going live without me i was rolling it was so funny there's a lot of good like cross talk in this movie just yes. there's a really good scene um or a really good moment i wrote it down oh she talks about like i forget fuck like what the context isa ray is talking about like um is a person actually attractive i think it's in the scene with anna camp threatening her with bacon grease and she's talking about like is a person actually attractive or do you just think they're and she was like there was this nerd when i was in college but he used the right body wash so he smelled good so then i was attracted to him and it's just it's, she's just telling yes. this whole story about this guy she went to college with who was ugly yes. but she was attracted to because he wore good body wash and it's such a funny like there's also a line in, again going back to their fight scene in the beginning their argument in the beginning there's a line that like i almost missed um and i had to kind of be like did i just hear that but she's um upset with him because he like hates every restaurant and has a complaint about every restaurant and like gets on yelp and complains and she calls she talks about when he like gets on his phone on yelp and like starts um writing reviews she refers to his white woman fingers but like kind of under her breath where i was like did did she just did i just hear that right so funny you you get on Yelp with your white woman fingers because yes. he's critical of everything. Yeah, he has a problem with every restaurant in New Orleans, which makes me just want to go to New Orleans and go oh to god, this restaurant. whole movie I just want to go to New Orleans. Even though there's a scene when they're clearly green screen. Now again, 2020, we were doing with right. what we had. Oh, I mean, how they could have been like not in the same place. Truly, I mean, Camille and Jamie and Easter I've never met. That's not true. They have. Uh, they produced the new season of Project Greenlight together starring my best friend erica jafruti is the post producer on the movie they made oh nice um i Um, do actually wonder if this was made i know it was released in the middle of the pandemic but i wonder if it was filmed pre-pandemic it was 100 this came out in 2020 this was absolutely filmed pre-pandemic they this was probably filmed in 2019 18 or 2019 yeah because it came out i remember watching it like still in i think i was still in this was still in my like la leg of the pandemic um right your first la leg of the pandemic my fr- yeah no i guess i'm in my later la leg of the pandemic um no because it came out in 20 20- no movie that came out in 2020 was filmed during the pandemic the movies filmed during the pandemic didn't start coming out until at least 2021 the reason i also know that to be true is because there's a lot of there's an uber pool lift share joke r.i.p uber pool yeah that died in the pandemic and rightfully so never came back it's interesting to me though that it never came back right still i feel like i don't know it's so like uber and lyfts right now are so expensive i feel like they if it was coming back they would have brought it back as a cost-saving 
maybe fair i feel like they probably weren't making that much money i don't know what, what am i know? anyway that we will forget that uber pool was a thing because it was a thing for such a short amount of time and that so that part of this movie will not hold up no um another thing that i thought this movie did well i do think this movie was well written um which I is kind of surprising with the number of names you just said, because I feel like anytime you got three or more, it's always kind of like, what happened? They here? were all Anne's. So I think it was like a, they came a up team. with a story and then two guys. There was, it was, I think like a guy and a team came up with a story and then like the team wrote it or something to do with that. It gotcha. was, okay. It, the, or I'm sorry, they were all ampersands. So it does seem to be collaborative. Right. Um, Because like the movie opens with like the morning after their first. It's unclear whether it's, like, their first date or the first time they've slept together or both. Oh, um, I got the impression they just, like, met at, like, it was a one-night stand. Like, they that met was my, at a bar somewhere. Yeah, that was kind of my impression, too. But then they, they, the first meal they had was the that breakfast. Right. Um. So, like, you see all, like, the awkwardness of, like, the morning after and they're, like, because then they do spend, essentially, like, the morning together um, and go on a date um, and then, like, cut to four years later. I thought both like the awkwardness of the early relationship and then like the comfort and issues of the later relationship were both very well done and that was a very seamless transition yeah it is a very well written movie like honestly like the the one bump of it is like they don't really have romantic chemistry but they're funny together right i didn't miss it like i didn't need them to make out but like i didn't i thought they were very good together they're both good actors. She's so beautiful. It makes me want to die, you know? Yes. Have you seen the pictures of her in the pink bikini? No. The pink velvet bikini? Oh, my God. Be President Barbie. Okay, so she does a Barbie we'll talk about it on shoot for Vogue, maybe? I don't know. Sure. I'm she looks be. so good. Hold on. Let me send, let me send you these skin pictures. from the inside out in a really remarkable. It's like it can be a skincare routine. I mean, I'm sure she has a great skincare routine. She's a wealthy actress, but it also just has to be genetics the way it glows from the inside out. Also, this was clearly filmed in Kamel Nanjiani Marvel era. Uh-huh. I have a deep mistrust of a ripped Kamel Nanjiani. I don't know why. It's just like I always assume that when comedy guy goes to buff guy, like it's going to be a Chris Pratt transition where suddenly you're a Republican who hates gay people. I know that Kumal Nan, Nan God Kumal Nanjiani did not, as far as we know, like make that transition or that jump. But like that's where my deep seated fear comes so from. So far, he has not expressed being a member of Hillsong or whatever the fucking churches. But right. any day it could happen. Any day now. Any day now. Right. Um. But I just like it's like weird. It's also like for the character, he's this like documentary filmmaker like guys yes. and it's just like why does he have pecs you know yes i do kind of i was kind of like i feel like we need like dumpier. you sent me a google search of Issa right pink bathing suit i know hold on here I, never mind look on instagram i just sent it to you on her from her instagram no, no i'm deep in oh <gasps> i want it should i get this from miami um okay it's 11 15 years so let's wrap up do you have anything else to say about this movie no, it was fun. They have no romantic chemistry. It's on Netflix. You can easily watch it. It's on Netflix. It's very good. I feel like it's sad that it came out in the pandemic because I feel like it kind of got lost. I feel like I it do. It did. It got a little bit lost. I feel like it would have done a lot better. 
if COVID hadn't been a thing, but isn't that true of so many of us? That's um, also, I would do a lot better. If COVID <laughs> truly. Um, when the, uh, did you follow like the alien hearings at all this week? Um, I texted Ben this morning to be like, I said something about it. And then he was like, oh yeah, it's because there are aliens. And I was like, I haven't been really following that. And he was like, oh, there's aliens. And I was like, I thank you. I gathered that much. <laughs> I just was like, I said to Jeff, I was like, listen, we just came out of a global pandemic. Like, I, I'm not ready for aliens yet. I'm not. Seems like they've been here. From what I understand, they've been here a while, and they're not. They're hiding. So it's just like, you know what? Live and love. Yeah. Evidently, there's a Netflix document. I think it's Netflix. There's a documentary about how that makes the case that like it's probably pretty likely that there's other intelligent life like out in a universe because you know, whatever. Um, and uh, and Melissa was telling us that it makes the argument that maybe the aliens like know about us and they're just like, no, it's not worth it. it. It's not worth it. I thought I saw the alien stuff happening on the internet. And I thought it was that like some joke about Mitch McConnell, like an alien was taking over his body and that's why he stopped talking. That's why he Um, glitched when reality, it's probably just that he's fucking ancient and all of our politicians are fucking ancient ancient um also evil you know like somehow the evil burrows its way into the brain and then you then you can't say things in press conferences that's science yeah hashtag science all right um anything else to say about this movie it was great watch it love birds netflix we're not big what are we what are we watching next i think we're watching sabrina's why are we doing so many many movies in a row i don't know I don't um, not watch Harrison Ford fucking be hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Should we just do Air Force One? It's certainly not a rom-com, but uh, up next we are doing The Sabrinas. I have not Both seen, I've never seen Um, not Hepburn. Come on. The one who all the ladies had in the poster in college. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Not Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn, they're different. Uh, I have not Audrey seen Hepburn. Yeah, no, I know, but I was thinking Catherine Hepburn. I have not seen the Audrey Hepburn one. I have seen the Harrison Ford one, but not since I was a kid. Truth uh, be told, I don't know what these movies are about, but I think Harrison Ford's going to be swoony in it. I mean, always. Um, yes, so we're going to watch both. Um, I just was looking. One came out in 1994, and the other one came out in 1995. Um, no, no, no. They did not come out one. Audrey Hepburn didn't make a movie one year apart. 1954. Thank you. 1954 and 1995. Um, are on our Patreon. Uh, coming up, it's probably live by the time this is live. But I'm behind on some editing. It will be up the weekend, and this is coming up on Tuesday. So currently, we have our American Pies episode. We watched three of the many American Pie movies for you. So if that's not worth joining our Patreon, I don't know what is because it was a lot of work, you guys. Um, so we have that coming up. A lot of dick jokes. We have a very special Barbie episode coming up. That's not even regularly scheduled. We just decided we needed to talk about it. And then for August, we're going to do like half a book club. So we're going to read Red, White, and Royal Blue. And then we're going to watch the Amazon adaptation of it. And we're going to, it came, so it came, my book came 
from Bookshop, bookshop.org. Don't shop on Amazon, shop on bookshop.org. My book came, it's 400 pages. No yes. one's. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's 400 pages. I think yeah. it's going to go quick, but it's also like, oh, I thought it was going to be like a cool 250, you know? Yeah, no. Anyway, if you want to read along. Did you get the did you get the original cover? Did you get the like stupid movie? No, no cover? I got the original cover. I don't like I don't like when they have movie covers. Me neither. I have cartoon I, I got cartoon a, men I gotta, on it. I gotta order it. Yeah, I want the cartoon men one. All right. Well, bye. Bye. <laughs>